Hi, this is Dana Stevens, Slate's movie critic, and I'm here with the Slate spoiler special on Beowulf, the new Robert Zemeckis film. I'm here with Brian Curtis, a sometime Slate contributor. Hi, Dana. And uh, Brian and I both had the pleasure of seeing um, a 3D, unfortunately not IMAX, version of Beowulf last right. night together. Merely the 3D. For we him. were supposed to see it in IMAX, actually, and the press screening got shifted at the last minute. I, w- I mean, the only thing that would have made this movie, this movie's imagery more crushingly <laughs> impressive is if it could have been just 50 feet taller or whatever the <laughs> right. IMAX screen would have added. That, that would have been quite... But my understanding is you you get the choice, or you know, depending on your market, I think it's going to be released in regular flat screen, two D, in three D, and in IMAX three D where available. So okay, that's um, kind of a spoiler. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I mean, I I think this movie has to be seen in three D myself. You want to start off by talking a little bit about the three D and the look of the movie. We came out trying to compile a a partial to complete list of all the objects that are thrust and or thrown at the viewer's face in the course right. of the movie. Right, using the magic of 3D technology to make it look like you have to duck down in your seat. And the movie is pretty shameless about just capitalizing on the 3D technology to do exactly that. It really is like House of Wax, that old Vincent Price movie that's all <laughs> right. about, you know, a juggler throwing his balls at you at the movie or right. whatever, duck, a spear yeah. coming at you. But what are so, some of the objects? I've got a list right here. Let's well, let me, I'll, I'll, let me say a few and then you say what's on the list. So spear, an arrow, I think. There weren't there several arrows right. coming and, and out it, at you? A halbert, is that what that sword is called? Like some really <laughs> medieval-looking sword with, like, four blades coming right. out of the we'll side of it. we'll let the Dungeons and Dragons uh, guys figure that one out. A but... squirrel on a spit at one point is thrust in oh. our faces in a campfire scene. I'd sort of black that one out. Rocks. Rocks. What else do we see coming out? Uh, blood, I believe, comes out, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. There's a really there's a really great point-of-view shot from somebody who, I guess, is beneath someone who's just been slayed by the, the monster Grendel, and the blood kind of comes pouring straight down into our face. Right, Snow right. comes into our face. Snow, right. At coins at a certain point, isn't the jester oh, yes, like throwing coins. coins around? I mean, basically every object that can be hurled at us is hurled at some point or another. Right, right. Yeah, and I think it was Anthony Hopkins throwing the coins, but a small, oh, yeah, right. small well, matter there. As, yeah. as kings will do <laughs> right, to, right. The, to the rabble. So let's attempt then a really quick plot summary and then get to the spoilers and the big the big death scenes and so forth. Okay, so so the courtiers of, uh, we open with the courtiers of uh, Hrothgar, am I saying that correctly? Drinking mead and having... Rothgar being Anthony Hopkins. Being Anthony King. Hopkins, drinking uh, mead and having a grand old time. Uh, enter Grendel, uh, who is disturbed by their singing and their joy and their merrymaking. And uh, he proceeds to kill a whole bunch of them and then takes off back to his lair. At which point, the king, uh, who's married to Robin Wright Penn, we should mention, sends out for warriors to kill Grendel. Am I, am I doing okay so far? Right. Enter Beowulf. Who comes to the hall with his um, his sort of a team of uh, the Geats as they're called the, the, the Geats as they're called and uh, proceeds to slay Grendel, but then the hall is attacked by Grendel's mother. Beowulf goes to Grendel's mother's to the cave to confront Grendel's mother, and hence I think we have the first divergence from the poem. Is this right? Yeah, pretty much so. I mean, I did, just did a very brief reread of a translation of the uh, <laughs> three thousand line uh, old English poem. Read, yes, but up until now, everything that we've recounted, I think, pretty much happens in the poem per se, with a lot of digressions, interventions in between. But sure. But here's where things start to get to take a turn for the psychological. And for me, it was where it took a little bit of a turn for the worse when it stops being big guys, you know, wailing on, on monsters and uh, becomes a little bit more of a love story. Because then, as it turns out, Angelina Jolie, who plays Grendel's mother, right. is this super sexy, golden seductress demon who lives in this cave. And she actually seduces Beowulf 
right? Yes. And we find out much later that he impregnates her with her second monster child, right? Grendel was the first one and has now been killed. Right. And yeah. that gives Beowulf not only this sort of guilt triangulation story <laughs> with, with Robin, his queen, Robin Wright Penn, but also, obviously, this, this ticking time bomb of this monster son who's going to come back and get him. Right. Right. So then begins the second half of the movie, which to me was the less successful half, if only because it had fewer coins being thrown in your face by Anthony Hopkins and other kind of goofy 3D fight sequences. And was a little bit more ponderous than the the first half. Yeah, just things start to get a little bit Shakespearean at that point because, oh, a ton of stuff happens. Anthony Hopkins hands over the keys to the kingdom to Beowulf and then immediately commits suicide, jumping off a parapet of the Mm -hmm. tower. We're not quite clear why, but I guess it's, it's guilt. Right about having sired this this monster that brought down the kingdom, but he basically hands over the kingdom and his wife, the queen, and then jumps to his death off of this tower. Right, it was and, very Shakespearean or, or opera like or something like that. Yeah, and nothing like anything that would happen in the poem, where the motivation is just purely and simply just getting rid of the bad guys and being the strongest, most gold hoarding king you can possibly be. I think we should spoil what Grendel looks like because all the fanboys really want to know. Oh, absolutely, what Bob absolutely. Came Let up me just jump the to the end of the movie and oh, sorry, yes. more, summarizing, more, which is that more plot spoiling. we jump fifty years ahead in time, right, very abruptly, and Beowulf is this aged king. That actually happens in the poem too, the jumping fifty years ahead in time. But, you know, the twist that he's sired this son is entirely new. So the son slash dragon comes back, and he has a third great last battle with this dragon. He ends up slaying the dragon, but is also killed in the process, right? And then mm-hmm. we sort of have a little bit of a scary horror movie hint that the whole the whole process might start over again because Angelina Jolie shows up to uh, seduce right. Wiglaf, played she's, by Brendan Gleeson. still got a thing for kings by the end of the movie. Right, right. right. The guy, the sort of second in command that's been named king. And it's implied in the last shot that, you know, his desirous glance has fallen on this, this sea demon and that the whole thing may <laughs> repeat itself over again. Right. All right. But so, yes, as you said, the fanboys are going to want to know one big thing, which is what does Grendel the monster look like? And, you know, what is this performance by Crispin Glover as the monster? In order to understand that completely, you sort of have to know about the the technique that the movie's filmed in, which we haven't even mentioned. Well, we can we can say um, I mean, I don't even know if I quite understand the technique, but it's he's Grendel's what big and. Well, I just mean no. that he's animated. I mean, when you say Crispin yeah. Glover plays him, it's oh, not right. as if he's in a monster suit. He, right. He's sort of, I guess, as something if. like what Gollum was in yeah. Lord of the Rings, right? Mm-hmm. Like his performance has been has been captured on computer and sort of recreated digitally. Right. It's called um. They made called Crispin, motion capture. This they made Crispin technique. Glover even look more grotesque if that was yeah, humanly it was possible. Right? A little bit sad to me. I mean, Crispin Glover has sort of lost his Crispin Gloverness in the version that we see of him. He's one of those gooey <laughs> I never demons, thought they could like, take it away from him, yeah. Well, his, he still has it in his voice. I mean, you definitely hear that sort of twisted, crazy, Crispin Helling Glover persona in his in the voice of Grendel. Right. But the physical body of Grendel looks to me a little bit too much like a typical alien from a, a horror movie. He looks something. like, you mentioned Gollum, he looks like supersized Gollum to me. Like a supersized Gollum covered in, you know, sores and boils and way and more crusty than And he weirdly had a comb over, is. did you notice that? <laughs> it sort of was yeah, like... he's got some really sad little strands of hair, you're It was right. sort of like a cross between Gollum and like a British newspaper editor, weirdly. <laughs> I don't know if that was sort of what the impression that you got. But um, yeah, and he's this sort of, yeah, right, festering sores, a big sort of eardrum kind of thing protruding from his left And so sort ear. of gross and twisted and crusted out. And also you only see him in fight sequences in motion. So you don't really get a chance to lay eyes on him the way you do on Angelina Jolie. Granted, you might not want to be laying eyes on him <laughs> quite as much. But right. but he is sort of the emotional center of the story. So I was a little bit sad that he, he bit it so soon and that we didn't really get to know him a little bit better. I thought so too. Yeah, that was, that was slightly disappointing. 
All right. Well, let's see. So let's get to some of the big the big deaths in the movie and okay. some of the action sequences, which are really what it's all about. I mean, I was just noticing that the co-scripter, the co-writer of this was somebody who also co-wrote Pulp Fiction. Oh, and that right. kind of Roger goes Avery. really well with the action sequences, which have that dark humor and have that kind of like sick. There's just something kind of sickly funny about a lot of them. <laughs> right. Um, well, you know, the first, I mean, Hrothgar, we already covered, jumping to his death off the uh, parapet there. But uh, Grendel meets his end when Beowulf is punching him in the eardrum, right? Punches his, kind of punches his eardrum to a pulp. But then ultimately isn't what kills him the fact that, that uh, he rips his, Beowulf rips his arm off? He rips his arm off, By right. slamming it over and over again in the giant wooden door of the mead hall. Yeah, and his arm sort of goes flying off and then... You know, he runs off but then dies in the arms of Grendel, I mean, and then dies in the arms of his mother. Right. But then that the also whole... is straight from the poem, actually. The arm ripping off and the sort of skulking home to his lair to slowly die. And that's that's all really, really gross stuff. And there's a lot of arms actually ripped off in this movie, right? I mean, that was sort of one of the other Oh, that themes. was the other big one I wanted to get to, Beowulf's death at the end, right? right? I mean, we can't even get into the insane acrobatics that happen with this dragon son that comes back. And he Flying goes on this huge air, ride on the dragon. swords and everything. Like swinging from, you know, this rope at the bottom of the dragon. But then the final moment that he manages to kill the dragon. Can you describe I the don't know. Well, so Beowulf is sort of hanging from the dragon in midair. I mean, I don't know if we want to, how far we want to, deep we want to go into this. He knows to kill the dragon, he has to stab the dragon in the heart, which is like located in the underside of the dragon's neck, more or less. But he can't quite reach it, right? He keeps swinging back and forth. It's really almost like an old sight gag from it. Silent Comedy. He needs another inch to And do... you keep seeing him swinging ever closer, ever closer to the heart, Sword's but he's like... Sword's not quite long enough. If I just had an extra couple inches of reach in my arm, I know. Right. And so So then... what he does is he sort of half-severs his arm to give himself like a little extra, you Right, know, making his wingspan increase by a few inches. And but then, of course... But still can't reach life. it, and then finally reaches in with his hand and just pulls the dragon's heart out, you know... Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom style and, you know, holds it up and goodbye dragon. And Beowulf falls to his his death on the on There's the something coastline. about that self-arm severing and that whole ridiculous heart <laughs> sequence. This just really, really hilariously done, and it, I really enjoyed it. It, it was, was a moment that I was starting to be a little worn out by the movie, although I will say it's nice and brisk. It's just about exactly two hours mm-hmm. and doesn't Very really brisk. overstay its welcome. But that was a moment that even if you are getting a little bit tired of the digital over-the-top action sequences, that little sight gag with the heart and the severed arm was pretty great. So I don't know about you, but I want to talk about nudity in Beta Wolf. Oh, that, yeah, that's that right. Was, we were going to wrap up with the, uh, with the many pervy moments from the movie. Pervy. I mean, super pervy for for what you'd expect, right? I mean, perhaps not what you'd expect at the time, but what you'd expect, you know, of the, you know, cartoon rendering of uh, of Beowulf, the animated rendering of, of Beowulf, right? Well, that's really the moment that you realize that this is all designed to appeal to the graphic novel comic book crowd and basically has absolutely zero pretensions to literary value whatsoever, <laughs> right? Like, what are some of the, um, the well, good Beowulf, oddling? Now, you have to tell me, in the, po- in the poem, does Beowulf drop trow to fight Grendel <laughs> as he does in the movie? I don't believe so. I don't think that the garments in which he battles the monster are really described, but in the movie, there are none. And he does this kind of But he like, wants to fight him on equal ground. That is, naked is the day he was yeah, born. Yeah, and he does this like cute little Austin Powers thing where, you know, he's standing there and there's sort of a strategically placed candle sort of hiding his nether regions yeah, as he walks around Yeah, that gag happens over and over again, which in 3D is particularly funny, right? When you can actually see right. whatever the strategically placed object is, like, a little bit closer to your face than he is. There's also, you know, a lot of leering at the various women of, of you know, by Beowulf's uh, Hordes, right? There's, sort There's of a, heaving bosoms aplenty. Heaving bosoms, some sort of off-screen sex we see through little doorways and kinds of things like that. 
what am I missing in terms well, of Well, Angelina Jolie's body. That's that's yeah. a big comic book per right, moment. Right. And what right. she actually looks like when you finally see her, I mean, it's so built up to how is Grendel's mother going to look nude because we all know it's Angelina Jolie, right? The casting could not be more brilliant because there is something completely monstrous about the persona of Angelina Jolie, like her outsized <laughs> celebrity, right? I mean, she is kind of monstrous, a, a monster Monstrous, I guess, is mother. one word the one might use Yeah, for the it. monster mother. To me, that's like what Angelina Jolie is in all of our imaginations, right? Like she's going to adopt us all. Right. Grendel her and, kids look pretty normal to me, so I don't know what the well, monster but Grendel, mother part. Grendel fell pretty far from the tree, though, in Right, this case. right, right. No, no, did. I think, well, that's a whole other conversation. But I think people are actually, a lot of people loathe Angelina Jolie a lot, and the whole sort of adoption craze is a big part of it. They think like it's a big phony uh-huh. celebrity stunt or something. I think Angelina's really cool. But anyway, that aside, so the the character of Grendel's mother in the movie. She's looks completely, like, I mean, she's got that. She's kind naked of, all the time, but she, it's a strange airbrushed kind of nudity where you can't really see anything. Right. I think we were comparing it to the Barbie and Ken doll kind of smooth crotch right. look, right? There's this you sort know? of pubic bump that you can see and <laughs> right. an airbrushed Prominent nipples. pubic bump, yes. She looks like something from album cover art, you know, or <laughs> sort of like the phantasmatic right. drawing of a 12-year-old or something. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and it's, it's oh, she has high built-in high-heeled feet as well. That's an interesting fact. It's sort of perfect fanboy nudity, isn't it? I mean, it's because it's kind of nudity without it doesn't actually cross any sort of dangerous R-rated lines, but it still it sort of gives you know the guys watching the movie a cheap thrill, right? Those other guys, right? Not, not me. Well, and then it seems like the men. Well, the one man that you see completely nude, that is without some strategically placed object in front of his, his pelvic region, is Grendel. And he also has this strange Ken doll bump. And it's really, really strange. It's this like desexualizing moment, again, in 3D. The whole thing is just really disconcerting. I'm just really glad I'm not 12 years old and having my fantasy life for the rest of my life formed by this movie because we've been in big trouble. You were looking at Grendel's crotch? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. What's wrong with you? I didn't even notice. <laughs> I was saving my my you know everything for the human characters, but I'm glad we we can spoil that. Grant Grendel, yes, is doesn't. Yeah. And that my sick soul can be revealed. <laughs> okay, well, I guess we have to stop. We're running out of tape. We could talk Arr. all day about about Beowulf, but on the whole, recommended, recommended, thumbs recommended? up. Yes, I, I liked it. it. You know, like you said, not a perfect movie, but certainly just you know sort of compelling in its strange, smooth crotch kind of way. We also were saying, walking out of it, that it should definitely be the stoner movie of this holiday season, just for the pure comic book look of it all. Amen to that. All right, Brian, thanks a lot for seeing the movie and coming in to talk about it. Thank you, Dana. For Slate.com, I'm Dana Stevens. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.